0: Hey, what's up, you guys? Adrienne here. I am flying solo today, and I'm actually bringing you some content that I've wanted to do for a while now. I had this uh, outline for this episode stored in the recesses of my notepad on my phone. So last night, I was like laying on the couch watching some TV, cruising my phone, and I was like, oh, yeah, I wanted to do this episode. Today, I am going to give you 10 tips on how to survive clinicals as a nursing student. This is Nursing Uncensored. Your host, Adrienne Benning, invites you to listen in on real conversations about all things in the nursing world. This podcast is intended for nurses, nursing students, and allied health professionals. But non-medical folk will probably get a kick out of us, too. If you like what you hear, subscribe and share. These are my top 10 tips for nursing students heading off to clinicals. I feel very strongly about these, but they're in no particular order. So we're just going to breeze right through these. Number one, eat. For the love of God, learn to eat. It may be Hours after you arrive, before you get to eat something. And I know from my experience, it's hard to focus when you're hungry. It's hard to think straight when you haven't fed your brain. So don't eat garbage. Even if it's hard for you to, like, eat breakfast in the morning, find ways to get some nutrition. Because even if you have, like, a power bar or something stuffed in your pocket, you have no idea whether or not you're going to be so busy that you're not going to have an opportunity to stop and eat a power bar. It's a little different when you're a student than when you're a nurse. As a student... Um, you're a little bit more accountable to someone else's timeline. You're not really doing your own time management or running on your own. So it could be harder to get those breaks in. I know that with my clinical group, like for the most part, we would have like eight people at a particular clinical site on a given shift. And it's like, you got to take turns taking breaks. So yeah, you may be the one to get lunch at 11 a.m., but you might not get to eat till 1. And when you're starting at 7 or 8 in the morning that can make the day really, really suck. Just remember, high stress stuff is hard when your brain is hungry. So eat. And, you know, also I was one of those people that I had clinicals out in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. And so I didn't have a Chipotle down the street to run to on my break. So, yeah, I had to really make sure that I was prepared uh, in that respect. Number two. Again, in no particular order, take every opportunity, even the shitty tasks. We all have days where we just wanna fly low and that's okay. Like, don't really bring much attention to yourself, just make it through the day. I get it. But most of the time, you should be eager to like jump in if they say, Hey, Susie, do you wanna do this? Your answer is invariably yes. Even stuff that you've done a million times because. I was like a nursing assistant for what, like 10 or 11 years before I became a nurse. So like I knew how to change a bed, get somebody on a bedpan, all of those things. But the difference is that as a nurse, you're learning how to prioritize things differently. You're learning how to amass skills in a different way. And when you're doing these things, you're also assessing your patients. So you may have done 8 trillion bed baths as a a patient care tech. But now that you're learning how to do that as a nurse, you need to jump in and do those things. And even things that you have mastered, this is just one more way to get that much faster, better. And if you're really fast, and you feel like you've got something mastered, add a twist to it. Okay, now do it fast and gentle. One thing that people comment about me is that I'm incredibly gentle, but I'm not like, super slow and laggy. So you can always get better at something. So the other thing that I want to say about this is that as a student, you might have chances to go to areas of the hospital that you're not going to get to go as a nurse. Like as a nurse, you're responsible to your patients on the unit. And so you don't get to go hang out in interventional radiology or the cath lab or in the OR. And you know, there are a lot of things to be learned from going to these places. We see our patients post-op a lot, but knowing really what happens while they're in there is really important to being able to to take care of them uh, properly. Also, there is no better time to do scary and weird things than when you have the support Of All of the people around you, your instructor, a preceptor if you have one, other healthcare professionals that know you're a student. If I know I have a student in the room, I'm going to maybe be extra um, about explaining things or like doing things a little bit more visibly so that the student can see what I'm doing. I think it's important that when you're in clinicals, you just jump in and do every single thing you can. I feel really strongly about that. Can you tell? (laughs) Number three. Now, this one, I'm going to have some disclaimers and like caveats on. But if you're doing well, help your peers. Now, don't be a know-it-all. I I have a hard I always want to help, but I'm always afraid that I sound like a know-it-all when as a peer, I'm stepping in to help someone. So don't be rude and don't insert yourself if it's not appropriate. But if someone asks for help or is struggling, offer to help them and do it kindly teachers like to see motivated students helping their peers and also the bottom line is when you're teaching someone else how to do something you're reinforcing it to yourself so one of the things i really loved is even though i wasn't like a completely straight A student for nursing school i mean who is but you know i would like learn a particular thing and then i would try to explain it to another student because if i could explain it then i've com- i've kind of committed that i've internalized that information because i'm not just like regurgitating things that i read in a chart i'm actually like teaching it to someone so if you're doing well be a helper number 4 oh my god this one is so hard this one is hard guys so i'm going to also say Try to do most of these things more days than not. I had a fair share of days where I did not follow any of these rules, but they weren't very good days, so I'm not going to encourage that. Number four, don't partake in negativity. What? What did I say? Don't partake in negativity. Save your venting for after clinicals off-site in private with someone that you trust, Walls have ears. You never know who's coming around the corner. And most units are set up that there's like lots of doors and hallways and closets and pods and nooks. So you, you don't want to be the person that's like caught talking shit about a nurse and then you realize that that nurse is like standing behind you. Don't do it. Also, many schools are going to dismiss you if you behave poorly and you're trash talking, so dismantle the idea of, like, trash talking. It's okay to be constructive and, like, say, hey, you know, I'm I'm having a hard time with this. Can you explain why I have to do this a little better? But... Don't cop an attitude or be a shit talker because also then people are going to know you as that negative person. I'm not saying be bubbly and like Mary Poppins every day, but just, you know, resist the urge to like jump on the bandwagon of like talking shit before clinical starts when you're like sitting in your conference room or wherever you meet waiting for your instructor just don't just don't do it. Now, I'm not going to say that I didn't have my fair share of sessions like on the phone, in the car, like over coffee where I just let loose. You have to vent your frustrations, but just know where you're doing it, who's around, and whether or not those people are potentially going to run and tell somebody, "Oh, guess what? Guess what she said." So, be cautious, use your best judgment, and if you're impeccable with your word, you don't have anything to worry about. Oh, and also, most importantly, sorry, I'm looking at my notes again. I've just been kind of going off on the fly here. Dismantle bullying. Like, this could be another bullet point. Like, in addition to not talking about the negativity and not being a bully – don't tolerate that. Like, be an influence for good. Um. So if somebody's like, oh, my God, did you see Becky the other day? Like, oh, my God, I watched her put that Foley in. You know, I've heard people do shitty things like, oh, I heard I've, the Betadine was on the floor and I didn't tell her because I wanted to see if she would figure it out. Like, don't sabotage your fellow students. Like, That's not the kind of nurse that I want to work with. So if you're doing that as a student, you're developing bad behaviors out of the gate. Don't bully. But also if you see someone else doing it, be like, yo, that's not cool. I mean, I really feel the golden rule needs to apply. We're adults now. We're working on a profession. This is not like high school shop class. So if you hear somebody saying shit about somebody else, just be like, that's, that's, not, that's not good. Don't do that. We're all at a different point in our learning process. Like, how about you help her? If you don't like how she's doing something, how about you give her some constructive criticism? How do you do it? You know, like make sure that people recognize because sometimes people talk shit and they don't realize that they're being a bully. At least I hope that they don't because if it was conscious, that would be even worse. But just call people out on it. And if they're your friends, especially call them out on it. Like if you're tight with them and they're talking shit, stop it. Don't let people bully. Okay, sorry. I get I get I get worked up. All right. Number five, I wrote, be able to talk about it with an exclamation point. So heading into your shift, be sure you know something about your patients, okay? Pathology, meds, um, course of care, something, okay? Keep note cards in your pocket to help out. But of course, be careful with protected health information. Like don't carry around stuff with personal info on it because the risk of losing it or taking it home is not one that you want to take. This has a few different benefits. One, you're going to feel less nervous because you will understand what's happening with that patient. Um, But also, you're also going to impress your instructor. There was one semester that we had an instructor that was like really intense and would like grill us on meds. And people got really nervous. And when she started asking questions, they would like tense up and like would panic and then would Invariably be like, oh, I felt so stupid. I couldn't think of anything. So I always went in because I always had one patient, you know, in my first few semesters, and I always went in being able to at least say something about each med. And so instead of having the teacher grill me with questions that I may or may not be able to answer, I offered up. She said, okay, now tell me about this patient. And so I already knew kind of what I was going to say or at least what I wanted to talk about. And then I would say those things. And then she wouldn't ask me any questions because she didn't feel like she was pulling information out of me begrudgingly. So that can actually help you a lot. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to ask you questions. That doesn't mean that you should do this to try to get out of having to know more about, you know, whatever, the medication or the patient. But if you show that you're proactively working to learn, your instructors are going to like that a lot more, I'm guessing. I'm not an instructor. I've never been one. But they seemed to respond really favorably to me when I did that. And so other people started following suit. And instead of just being like, uh... I think that's a beta blocker. They would come in and they would be like, it's a beta blocker. I have to make sure that I don't give it unless, you know, their heart rate is this and their blood pressure is that. Like, so by saying those things right out of the gate, you're already going to sound more knowledgeable. And also your patient is going to like that as well. If your patient says, hey, what's that medication for? You don't have to fumble and look around. Now, as, as a side note, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to memorize everything. It's still okay to look things up, but it's really nice to be able to like kind of talk a little bit about it. So have something kind of ready to go. Um, You're never going to be caught off guard and it's just going to make you better prepared to move on to the next thing. Number six, pack smart and efficiently. Okay. So this is really tough. I, like I was saying earlier, I had clinicals like kind of out in the middle of nowhere in a small town and I had to be pretty well self-sustaining because in addition to it being like a really tiny uh, town outside of a bigger city, um, I also was on the edge of that town. So like if you went a hundred feet, to the north there was like you know maybe some small businesses but if you went south you were like on straight up highway in farmland so not a lot of choices so I had to be not just like food because we've already talked about that a little bit but like I needed to make sure ladies have menstrual products, have some ibuprofen, have, I kept, you know, I didn't drive myself. So if I had been driving myself, I would have had like extra scrubs and extra shoes in my car because y'all know sometimes you get stuff on your clothes and you don't want to have to be wearing pissy scrubs all day. Nobody wants that. I don't even have to explain that. That just is how it is. Um, But know what you're going to need. And, you know, if you're in a place where, like, you're in a big city and you have 50 places to eat within five minutes walk, maybe this isn't so necessary for you. But it still matters to, like, have – I know every nurse has, like, at least some stuff in their bag, like headache medication or – you know, a nail file in case you break a nail. Just know what you need and have it with you. Know what's important. I have like my little urban survival kit and it it's funny because people laugh at my backpack because it's so big, but like in that backpack, I can fit like my coat, my lunch bag, like everything. So when I take the lunch bag out, the backpack is like half empty, but everything else in it I use on the regular and like I'll have to do another what's in my bag video because it changes all the time from season to season and year to year. So all right, let's keep moving. Number seven. This one is one I've told people over and over again. I didn't figure this out until I was like halfway through nursing school. I wish I would have started it from day one. But here's what I do. I make you know, you have to do care plans, you have to list out your patient's medications. And for those of you who don't know, at least at my school, our care plans were really long. So like, they would be like, okay, we want you to list out the med, what class it is, what the action is, side effects, adverse effects, special notes, black box box warnings, all of these things we had to include in our med chart. Some of these patients have like 30 or you know 20 or 30 meds they're taking so when you start listing all of this information in a chart for 30 meds it gets to be a lot of damn work and if you've ever looked in like a med or a drug book it's tiny print it's like looking at a dictionary it's really tedious it kind of sucks um So what I've done is I have made a master spreadsheet in like my Google Docs. And so every time I'm working on a care plan, anytime I come across like a med that I haven't done before, I will copy and paste all of like, you know, I'll look it up in the drug book or whatever um, resource I have to use. And then I'll take all of that information. I'll put it on my care plan, but then I'll copy and paste it into a bigger master spreadsheet, and I keep them in alphabetical order. You know, you just insert a row where you need to, slap that information in there, and then what you can do is when you're doing your next care plan and the person has the same meds you've already covered, Tylenol, Metoprolol, uh, Nystatin, Rinse, like, you know, these things that you see over and over again, then what you can do is instead of going to the drug book every time, looking it up fresh, getting cross-eyed over the tiny print, you just go to your master list, you copy and paste that, and then here's the caveat, you can't just copy and paste for everything. You have to personalize it to your patient. So like for example, if it has like a birth defects warning on it and you're doing a care plan on a dude, you don't have to include that. So make sure you're personalizing it. But even going back to the book just to like get a few tidbits is so much easier than having to be like this is Tylenol. This is an antipyretic. And anti- like you don't want to have to do this stuff over and over again every time you do a care plan. Trust me, this saves you tons of time. And um, as long as you're disciplined about it, just open both spreadsheets on, you know, open both documents on your desktop and just move it on over when I was done, I think I probably had 16 or 17 pages worth of meds that I was able to cut down the time that I spent doing care plans. So that one is a big one for me, the master list. Oh, and I've said this before in the um, episodes I've done about apps, uh, phone apps for nursing students and nurses, get the Micromedics drug app. It is so good. There's so much information. It's organized well. It's free. And I don't think it takes up that much space on my phone. I don't know exactly how many, um, how big the file is, but, um, it's a, it's a great, it's a great app. There's one for straight drugs and then there's one for IV compatibilities and that one I use pretty much every time I work. So, um, number eight, this one is a hard one to swallow and I think it's especially hard, um, the more barriers you face to going to school. Like, You have to work full time, you have kids, you have health issues, like whatever it is. But um, regardless of like kind of what barriers you're trying to climb to get through nursing school, you must abandon all attitude. Let it go. Like I've seen people get salty because they're sleep deprived, they're not getting paid, you have a lot of paperwork, your feet hurt, like you look on Instagram and it looks like all your friends are having like the time of their lives. Don't roll your eyes or be unpleasant in any way. You set out on this path to do this. You may be annoyed that your patient has pooped for the 15th time and the nurse that you're following has not lifted a finger to wipe a butt. You're going to be so annoyed most of the time, but you have to remember this is a means to an end. And while I don't want you to stand up for being bullied or like used, basically, get over yourself. Like we're all tired, all of our backs hurt, our feet hurt. We don't know why we have to do some of this care plan stuff. Like the complaints are endless. Abandon it. It's so hard to do. You can still think it, you can feel it, you can express it to your friends, but honestly in the clinical or classroom setting, let that shit go. Don't do it. Don't become the eye roller in your school because people especially nurses oh my god if I get a student that rolls their eyes at me I'm like go back to seventh grade there's no room for it here and nurses that I work with regardless of age if they pull that shit on me uh they're 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 not on my favorite person list for sure so earn the respect that nurses get by having high class behavior okay and also realize we're all in the same boat. Like, every time someone at work says to me, "Oh, I want to go home, I think, find one person that doesn't. Suck it up. Do it. I have to live by this as well. I struggle with it all the time. Just just abandon the attitude. Okay, we got two more. I know I'm getting kind of long-winded, but um, I feel like, you know, when I've got a guest host or you know like someone I'm interviewing I can talk for hours and it feels like minutes have gone by when I'm recording by myself I think this recording is like just over 20 minutes so far without editing I am so annoyed by how long I've been talking I'm like I gotta hurry this up so (laughs) I don't know if you guys feel that way but thanks for sticking around if you're still listening number nine find your people now, I'm not talking about going out and being clicky and shitty to other people that aren't in your click, but this is this is more about enhancing your experience, okay? You've got to pay attention and identify people who like to learn the way you do. Like maybe you see a girl who has like unparalleled highlighter collections and you also are a heavy highlighter. So maybe that person is like-minded or if it's someone who, you know, is really visual or um, whatever the case may be, um, this is about finding people that are going to propel you. Find people that live near you and can meet and study. Like, because my school is, like, in a city surrounded by, like, smaller towns, I mean, I went to school with people that live, like, an hour and a half away from me. And while, yes, we have the ability to study online and Google Chat and FaceTime and all of that stuff, which is awesome, also, sometimes you just need to have someone sitting next to you working through this, like you know, medical conversion problem with you. Sometimes being online just doesn't do the trick. So find people that, like, live around you, um, people who seem to explain things in ways that you understand or they seem to, like, have something about them that makes you pay attention or focus. I mean, just just find people that are going to lift you up. Like, avoid becoming pals with people who, like, sit in the back and make jokes or, like, don't pay attention or, like, They're a hot mess and every time they come in, they, you know, nothing's in their binders or folders. Like, I'm not saying exclude these people, help them where you can, but really you don't want to be around people that are going to be dragging you down. So, find your people. Like I was a non-traditional student. I was in my thirties when I went through nursing school. And since I was doing like the evening and weekend program, a lot of us were alternative, like non-traditional students. And by non-traditional, all I mean is we're not 22. Like we're not working on our first degree. Like we've been in the workforce. Um, I seem to gravitate towards all of the women that were like older than me. And so there's nothing, and you know, I'm not saying that I couldn't get along with a younger nurse, but it's just easier to study with someone who maybe has a similar mindset or, you know, maybe they've got the same amount of stuff at stake as you do. Um, I have seen people that are really kind of flippant with school and they don't do well and then they're gone. You don't want those people to be your study buddies. So unless you're going to, unless you're doing well and you're trying to help lift somebody up with you, um, I would not spend much time bailing water on a sinking ship. So um, if you are that person and you're struggling, I'm not encouraging that like your class like abandon you. Ask for help. This goes for you too. Like as you strive to be better, find those people that encourage that behavior in you. I know that if I was going to show up to a study group and I knew everyone there would have immaculate notes, I was less likely to show up with no notes. I would show up with notes, maybe not as perfect as theirs, but I knew that there was a standard that I had to hit and it kept me moving forward. So find your people. And number 10, this one, I want to be careful about how I say it because again, I don't want to like shame people who can't fit a certain standard but let me just let me just throw it out there. Number 10, look the part. Okay, so this doesn't mean you have to go out and buy like a $100 set of scrubs. You might not have the fanciest shoes, like that's okay. But you can totally show up uh clean, groomed, well put together, okay? Clean your nails. I'm sorry ladies, I know that this is probably like a millennial versus Whatever I am, Zenny old Gen Xer, but ditch the shitty top knot. Like, wash your hair. Don't come to clinical looking like you were out at the bars and then got up, wiped your mascara off your face, and put your hair in a shitty knot with like a pst- of dry shampoo uh have pride in the way you look I know we're tired I know sometimes you have days where it's just not happening I get it but guys shave your face ladies don't like I had one of my nursing school friends and I don't know if she listens to this or not but I, I found I screenshotted the text message and I found it as I was digging through some old nursing school photos but um She sent me a text message that said, fuck, I just got off work, went home to get my scrubs. They're laying underneath the towel that my son used to dry off the dog after his bath. I have no other scrubs. I have to be there in like 30 minutes. It was both the most horrifying thing and the most hilarious thing because we get busy and it's not funny. I'm not making fun of her, but I was laughing my ass off that day because I was like, dude, you smell like a wet dog. Like, not okay. I'm surprised they didn't send her home. So if she's listening, she knows who she is. not talking shit about her, but, like, I just remember that day. And it's, like, we have those days where you're, like, fuck, I put on the scrubs I wore yesterday, and there's, like, iodine all over. Everybody's going to know. Just try try to have your shit together, okay? Generally, just look like you didn't roll out of bed and, like, barely make it. Now, if you did just roll out of bed and barely made it, whole separate episode, but we're going to talk about how to get your routine on point. Now, this is plenty. This is, it's only 10 points, but we've covered a lot of ground here and I know the rest you'll figure out as you go help your fellow students figure some of these things out because some of this shit you learn the hard way like probably six out of ten things on this list I learned the hard way Um, like the not eating not having everything I needed at clinical so just you know Go back through these. See if there's something that like speaks to you that maybe you could work on or improve or you think you would benefit and do it. Um, all of these have served me well. And if I could go back in time, which I would never want to do, please don't make me ever go back in time and do nursing school again. But if I had started knowing all these things, I would have done a lot of these things a lot sooner. Students, I need your feedback. Nobody comments. Why does nobody comment? Probably because you're all listening to this on the way to your next job or your clinical or you're racing to class. I don't know, but I would love to hear from you guys. The website has crickets. You guys are all going. I see the stats. You're all clicking on the pages. Talk to me. I would love to hear about what things you think have been best to help you get through clinical, whether you're in clinicals now or you did them years ago. I know that there are a lot of people out there that are very, I was so nervous starting clinicals. That I was just going to the internet and I was Googling and I was looking on different nursing websites because I wanted to go in not hating every minute of it. So these tips really help me and um, I try to preach them to everyone that that will listen. So um, thank you for listening. I look forward to your comments. Um, that is my challenge to you: go and leave a comment. NursingUncensored.com. All right, that's it. Happy nursing, guys. Here at Nursing Uncensored, we may be, well, uncensored, but we're not unfiltered. Protected health information has been changed and concealed to comply with HIPAA. The things we talk about are from years of experience with thousands of patients, things we've read, stories we've heard. If you think we're talking about you, we're not. Also, we're real nurses here to provide helpful and accurate information. But don't take anything we say as fact without doing your own research. Refer to your state's board of nursing, practice acts, and your institution's policies and procedures if you have questions about your practice. Lastly, our very strong opinions are ours alone and do not reflect those of our employers, educational, or professional institutions. Thanks for listening, and happy nursing, folks.